Welcome to the DHAM I Am podcast, the Racing Roots with Ham episodes. You can find these also on my YouTube channel at DHAM I Am. Check out my website, dhamiam.com, and also my Facebook page, Racing Roots with Ham. In this episode, I'm talking to NASCAR team member Matt Ashbrenner, who spent 16 years traveling in the NASCAR circuit. All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Racing Roots with Ham. And tonight, I got my extra special, special guy guest. Uh, what's your name again? Matt Ashbrenner. How's it going, brother? I was getting ready to say hash, because that's what I'm used to calling you. That's like, okay. Every time. A lot of your listeners know, don't, don't well, know that we've worked together before in here. Yes. We did. Uh, about maybe close to four years. There might be extra banter tonight. Per near. Yeah. Yeah. I told you some of the things you can't say that you normally would say, but that don't mean you're not going to say them. I will do my best. Yeah. (laughs) So yes, uh, Matt Ashbrenner, also known as Hash, who worked in NASCAR for 16 years and you traveled most of those years, I would say. Oh, I I was an early crew every Mm -hmm. every year for that deal. Yeah. Yeah. So, and we kind of overlapped in our careers, but uh, we're going to let Hash, he's going to tell his story tonight. And also got over here, not to forget Phil. I like the added there's camera. The, there's the field cam. Yeah. Good evening. Okay. I uh, I think this is going to be interesting with you two. I didn't I didn't catch out until tonight about the banter. It's going to be good. I think oh, yeah. you've met your match tonight, David. Yeah. Well, we're <laughs> we're kind of used to that, but usually it's him saying something to me, and then I just kind of chuckle. Well, I was going to say, I, hopefully your usual listeners yeah. don't get butt hurt when I when I either make fun of you or say make a joke about it. <laughs> <you>. Right. <laughs> yes. Because it's all good fun. Yeah. We've been together for a long time. Yeah, that's right. We're good friends. Thanks yep. for having me on. This is cool. Yeah, we're literally, like you said, brother. We're like brothers. We're like brothers. But a different mother and dad. Much different. So. Yeah, which, by the way, my folks are listening. A lot of families listening, too. So, hey, everybody. What's up? My brother uh, and his family are listening on the TV. Hi, Charlotte. Hi, Noah. Very cool. And he worked in NASCAR as well for he a while. He did. He did. He did. And But he did a, um, what did you call it, Rowdy Burns? He pulled a Rowdy Burns. He uh, won the championship with Stuart Haas Racing and then uh, came back and put the house on the market and moved to Indiana became a farmer. Mm-hmm. How about that? Mm-hmm. Can't blame him for that, though. I mean, Heck no. <laughs> especially you know, the way things are right now. So he became a uh, farmer and a dad. So that's, oh, okay. a, that's a bonus. Okay. Farmer and a Dale. What is a Dale anyway? Huh? Farmer and a Dale. I don't know, man. I always wondered that. Can we but, break uh, down that song and yeah, <laughs> we could figure that out? So, yes, Liquid Larry and, uh, of course, like Kathy, do they still go by that? Or? Yeah, on, a, on a good night, yeah. Okay. <laughs> on a good Which night. brings me to the beginning of, of yeah. how I got started. Uh, I was conceived after a really good bowling game. Oh, yeah. They told me. How'd that go? <laughs> I don't know. I wasn't there. That was yeah. Gutter ball. Gutter ball. You don't remember that? I think it was a really good series is what ball. my mom said. <laughs> it must have been. It must have been a winning night or sympathy. Anyway, yeah, so <laughs> I shouldn't say that. It might have been. Uh, yeah, so. Right Hello. now, my dad is saying, geez, but they're, uh, they're trying to keep warm right now. Don't tell me how, mom and dad, because uh, it's been in the single digits in mm-hmm. Iowa for the past, like, 14 days or something like that. Yeah. And they've just gotten snowfall after snowfall after snowfall. It's like, man. And they're staying up there. Yeah. So I was born and raised in northeast Iowa, mm-hmm. uh, about, uh, I guess, an hour west of Dubuque. Um, and uh, in the town of Waterloo, where John Deere Tractors was invented. Oh, yeah, and that's a good song, too. It is? Stonewall Jackson song. I was born in Waterloo. Waterloo. New York. Ah, yeah. were you really? Yeah. How about yeah. that? Yeah. That's pretty cool, Phil. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Um, and uh, my dad was a wholesale florist, and my mom was a nurse. Your dad was a wholesale? A wholesale florist. That means he supplied all the smaller places, like like a John, like he would have been the supplier for Johnson's Greenhouse okay. and all those other places here in town. Yeah. But anyway, so he uh, he worked really long hours, typically doing that. And uh, like I said, mom was a nurse, and um, 
I grew up and um, and really didn't know anything about racing. Didn't I didn't know anything at all. Had no mechanical skills or abilities at all. Yeah. And uh, so I was actually going to school to in high school taking classes to be a doctor or to be in medicine. I wanted to be a general surgeon. I wanted to cut people. Oh yeah. Some things never change. You always had that knife on you and you always pointed at me. Yeah. 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 I'll cut you. Yeah. Right. I won't think twice. Too, yes. Never knowing when you have so. to do emergency tracheotomy on somebody. Right. Cause exactly. they're choking in their throat. So now I know what you mean when you say that I'll cut you. And okay. you always usually have some alcohol with you too to clean the knife. I'm saying, <laughs> no, I mean to clean the knife off, you know, <laughs> evidence. That's clean evidence. It's not rubbing alcohol. Just Cause it's really. sailor Jerry. doesn't mean anything. Oh, that stuff is so good. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> so good gracious but so, anyway but there's no nascar tracks up there well in, in there's iowa. dirt most of it's on dirt okay you got farley iowa independence iowa um corn there's a yeah, yeah. there's a corn. racetrack down in cedar rapids uh there was some there was some quarter mile stuff uh yeah. in my area yeah. but we never really went to that stuff oh i forgot vinton vinton is another one hmm. but I, we never really went to these places uh i went to races when i was a kid uh, my dad was into old cars uh, he got back from serving during Vietnam and bought a brand new 70 Dodge Challenger and we still have it. He still has it. Uh, so I grew up going to car cruises when I was a kid and I just absolutely loved old cars, you know, yeah. um, of all makes and models. Um, so that was my really, my, my biggest exposure to cars. Uh, we had three wheelers and four wheelers, of course. And I, and I loved to go fast everywhere I went. I had a, I had a snowmobile yeah. and loved to go fast on that thing. No matter what I had it pinned every time. If I was on my 10 speed bicycle, I was going as fast as I could wherever I went, but I really never made the correlation with, Hey, I like to go fast and race and all that. Mm-hmm. So the whole thing in high school was I was taking, um, biology, anatomy and physiology, physics, chemistry, all these classes to gear me up towards going to medical school which probably would have been at the university of iowa and then um my best friend jim we and we have been best friends since preschool and we still are and he's Mm -hmm. still back home but his dad was a doctor but he was kind of a gearhead and so jim and i would help him uh you know either put in a motor take it out work on cars trucks and that was really my the beginning of my exposure and then as a reward for helping him he took us to a race in michigan okay and that was my first it was a bush race uh um we sat in row 35 just past the start finish line and i was absolutely blown away yeah i went down and i stood right next to the fence Mm -hmm. you know um saw my first hooters girl (laughs) <laughs> that's that right because there aren't any so you, in iowa well oh, there weren't okay. at the time yeah and if there were it was i mean nobody knew about it i think there might have been one in des moines but i don't even know so but that, that kind of led you and i know i'm not gonna get into that part yet but that led you into two of your career choices so anyway that'll kind of yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> kind of yes so anyway uh i went to that race and uh when we came back i it was like an eight hour drive, I suppose, back to Iowa. And when I got there, um, instead of going to bed right away, I stayed up and I watched Days of Thunder three times in a row. Wow. Like legit. Like the sun was coming up. My parents came down. Hey, did you have a good trip? I'm like, I haven't been to bed. And it was, it was really about that. You know, the best part about was listening to Rowdy Burns go around the racetrack all by himself at Charlotte, you know, when, it, when pit wall was a guardrail. Yeah. yeah. And it was just like I would crank it up and I would hear, turn it down. But anyway, so uh, that following Monday morning, I uh, I dropped chemistry, and I took auto mechanics, yeah. and I started to learn how to to work on things. You know, and the first uh, thing I rebuilt was a one cylinder Briggs and Stratton motor. Oh yeah, 
the five horsepower Briggs. Exactly right. You know. Uh, yep. And then the goal was to take it all the way apart and then put it all the way back together, and you had to fire it up. So you're talking about Days of Thunder now. I, when I was in college, uh, my best friend in college. Whoa! Bought, I was you went at, to college. I was at Central Piedmont in in Charlotte, so I was taking automotive stuff to learn how to work on cars because I wanted to get into NASCAR and I wanted to get in so bad. One of my friends there bought me Days of Thunder. And so I was, it's the same way I was hooked. I already wanted to get into NASCAR and I'd already been hanging around at like Concord Speedway, but I loved that movie. And that was what really drove me to, uh, was wanting to get into that. So you'd never actually NASCAR. saw it in the theater, David? You waited no, I didn't. Guy, no, I, Man, was, I didn't. I didn't either. As soon as it came out, I yeah. was at the theater. That but I didn't know just, about it. You know what oh, I mean? It, was, oh, it wasn't a hook no, for me. I thought no. that IRL racing was probably going to be pretty cool. Oh, you young kids. I couldn't afford to go to theaters, I mean, back <laughs> yeah, then. So. Yeah. That's yeah. why it was a it was well, a, Yeah, for you it was yeah. beer or theater, and you can't right. have both at once. So. Yes. It was a present from my rich friend. <laughs> yeah. A D, a, a, I still got it, a VHS movie. That's cool. So, Probably yes. still have a VCR too. Yeah. So, <laughs> it's yeah, set right now. Yeah. yeah. I will tell you this. My mom yeah. asked me, she says, why did you want to be a doctor? And I said, because all your friends are set. They can buy whatever they want. They can do, you know, they've got lake houses, they got boats, they got, you know, all that stuff. Um, and so she says, you really need to find something that you like doing. Don't do something for the money. Right. And so when I came home and I told her, told them that that's what I wanted to do, then there was no you know question about it. It was like, go for it. So dropping chemistry and taking up auto mechanics like that. And, and the other thing, too, is that, you know, in the Midwest, when you're in racing in the Midwest, you're basically going to be doing all those short track races uh, in that area. You know, you don't necessarily know somebody down here, you know, and, and, the, right, and yeah. the thing is, is what we were always told back then was you have to know somebody. You yeah. have to know somebody to get in or else you're not going to get in. Right. You I, know? I was told that a lot myself. And if you send and I was also told that if you send a resume from out of state, they just throw it in the trash until your address says NC. Yeah. That was, it was that way for a long time, I would say. And then I remember when it started shifting to where when, if somebody wants to get in racing that bad and they'll move from another state, then we'll hire them. I think well, that Larry came, Pollard was a good example of that, you know, because wasn't yes. he living out in California yeah. and when uh, Richard Childers called him? So that was a good example of that. I think if they were looking for specialists, they were willing to move somebody too at that point, you know? Right. They were looking further than just local. They were looking for a particular type of person that was fitted for that position. Yeah. I was uh, a senior in high school, and everybody was telling me, you know, if you get into racing, if you do this, whatever. And I was would correct them and say, when I yeah. get into racing. Right. When. Mm-hmm. Yeah, same here. And, my, uh, uh, my brakes instructor at Central Piedmont said, well, you know, that's he wanted to stand up in class the first day of class and – explain why why are you here what are you doing this class for what do you know i said because i want to get into nascar and he's like well you know you have to know somebody and it's really hard to get in you have and you it, it may take a long time i'm like i'm going to get in no matter what yeah i didn't care what anybody told me yeah i absolutely did Same not here. care in, fa- in fact when i um my first car was a 79 monte carlo and uh it had a 305 motor in it and i wanted a 350 and my dad said that there is no way that i was going to get a 350 engine as, as long as the motor and the Monte Carlo was running. So I ran it out of oil and blew it up (laughs) (laughs) and then bought a 350 engine out of a 76 Laguna and then took it to school and my auto mechanics teacher. Now you're going to love this. My auto mechanics teacher, no kidding. His name was Kenny Rogers. (laughs) All right. (laughs) Swear to God, that was his name. No, not the Kenny, but his name was Kenny Rogers, Mr. Rogers. Okay. And, uh, so he gave me a VHS tape on how to rebuild 
a 350 small block engine, and it was narrated by Scooter Brothers from uh, Clevite. Scooter Brothers. Scooter Brothers. You should know who this guy is. Yeah. What was his uh, first name? You remember? Scooter. Yes. Did you hear me? It was Scooter. <laughs> Not his that was brother. a trick question. <laughs> Scooter. I think it's on his birth certificate. Check it out. So anyway, yes. I watched that video over and over again, but I was able to rebuild that engine by myself. I, I, I worked in a restaurant as a um, as a dishwasher at first and then as a line cook, but I took every single paycheck and I put it in that engine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I bought new TRW pistons, you know, a new camshaft and um, – Camaro Springs, you know, I'm like, I want this thing to go fast. I want it to mm-hmm. scream, right? Yeah. And I sunk a lot of money into it. At the time, for me, it was a lot of money. And uh, we ended up taking the car and the engine over to my grandfather's garage um, behind Cadillac Lanes, and we put that in in, uh, in a weekend. And okay. the very first time mm-hmm. that we fired it up, it, it or tried to fire it up, it, it started, you know, and it, we didn't have any exhaust on it. So it sounded like a race car. Um, I go, I want to give credit to one of the racers back home, Louie Chip uh, from Chip Racing. And he was there to help me get it started as well. Um, and that thing was so awesome. I just, mm. I was so excited about it. There, we have a six lane thoroughfare through town, right? Yeah. And I got up on there and I just opened it up as far as I could go. And in the Monte Carlo, it's a square speedometer and the needle goes all the way around. And then it hits the gear shift selector. And that thing was resting up against it. And I could take the play of the gear shifter and make it bounce. (laughs) And it was just like, it started to get the death wobble Uh, in the front. Yeah, sure. (laughs) I went through tires like crazy. But um, I I just, I wanted to go racing, right? That's funny um, you said that about your car. Because first time, my first dirt track car was one that a kid wanted a new car. So he set the interior on fire. So his dad sold that car to me. (laughs) I mean, you know, how's... What a, I guess it works. I never tried that though. Yeah, destroy <laughs> so. the car you don't want just so you can get what you do want. <laughs> That's yeah. right. Yes, I got. Uh, um, I had a stack of college applications on the table, and my mom basically shoved them in front of me. She says, "Listen, you need to fill these things out. Figure out what you're going to do. I'm tired of them being on the table." Yeah, my parents were hard on me. Oh yeah, it sounds like it. Yes, <laughs> Chris, is, my brother Chris is nodding right now. <laughs> now he's like um, not hard enough. But there was this little postcard. Yeah. There was a little bitty postcard in there from Nashville Auto Diesel College college i'd never heard before but it's in tennessee and so i thought well i'll fill it out and send it in and i did and that was like the really the the only college recruiter that that showed up at the house to actually talk to me about it and um turns out eddie lanier had gone there okay um and then another uh, another guy in in the garage and i can't remember his name now because i'm on the spot but he had really really curly hair waddell wilson thank you waddell wilson went there as well so i thought you know knowing those two guys is they're uh Angie knew, Angie knew uh, Kenny Rogers, so that worked out good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Moving to Nashville. <laughs> exactly right. Yes. So um, uh, once uh, I figured out those two guys went there, we went down there and toured the school. Yes. I was like, this is where I want to do. It was a, a very thorough school. It, it lasted a year, but you had 10 days to learn about every aspect of the automobile, the truck, whatever it was. You had 10 days. Nine days to learn about it, and 10 day, 10th day was the, was the phase test. And I graduated with a 96 average and perfect attendance while working 40 some hours a week at Hooters downtown Nashville. So on there's Second the Avenue. Hooters uh, I yeah. mentioned earlier. So. <laughs> I'm no dummy. Yes. Yeah, but I made great money there. Yeah, you know I did. Sure. It was it was right there on downtown. There was a lot of tourists <laughs> that always came in there. Mm-hmm. Got to meet uh, Mark Chestnut and Tra- uh, Marty. No, no, Travis Tritt. Okay, cool. But um, so that was a really cool time being down there for a year. Now, once I graduated, I moved back to Iowa for a few months, got a job at a dealership, 
basically moved back for a girl. That was dumb. But anyway, it so happens. Then, yeah, you know I what I mean. I do. I get it. But I worked at a, a Chevy yes. dealership in Iowa City, uh, and I think I worked there for maybe eight or nine months. I think, and then I decided to move to Kansas City, and I got a job at a place called Superior Chevrolet. And when I was in the interview with the service manager. He had a picture of the 300 cars. It was Terry's car, Ricky Craven's car, and Jeff's car all right there. And I said, I said, oh, you a race fan? And he says, well, I ought to be. Mr. Hendrick owns this dealership. And I was thinking, oh, my gosh. Yep. Yes. Here's your sign. I'm thinking God is leading me in the right direction. Yeah. Thank you so much. Prayer answered. Even though I'm just at a dealership that Mr. Hendrick owns, you know, I'm thinking, all right, I'm working my way in. Right. Well, about, I want to say... Eight or nine months after working there. Now, this is a big Chevy dealership. It's huge. The parts department's an acre in size. So all the parts guys are on roller skates. There's um, 38 technicians with 42 bays. Yep. It is a big dealership. That is big. Really that's, big. That's a lot. That's uh, like four times the size of any of them that I worked at. Yep. Uh, shout out to everybody in Kansas that's listening to, by the way. Um, but I worked in, it was in Shawnee Mission, Kansas, which is a, a, a suburb of, of Kansas City. And about 10 months after working there, Mr. Hendrick flew in just to visit right yeah and they cleared the service drive they brought in a bunch of barbecue we had lunch in there and then everybody got in line to meet the man and they all had well they all had hats and postcards and die casts and all that stuff and when we when it was my turn i had nothing and and that was my goal and he's like he goes do you do you have anything for me to sign i said no sir i said i want to know what it's going to take to get into motorsports and i said i said and if i don't work for you i'm going to come up to you in the garage and I'm going to tell you that I made it. All right. And I said, and I'm gonna, and you're going to wish that you hired me. Yeah. You're going to wish that you did. That's <laughs> I what I told him. And he goes, okay. So he gave me a couple names of people to look up, you know, uh, and back then this was before the interwebs. Yeah. Right. So I had to get real creative with how, I mean, I was using like four one one and calling motorsports and trying to find out yeah. what their extension was and trying to call them and stuff like that. Oh yeah. Um, I ended up going to Talladega that year and meeting up with Andy Graves and the Budweiser team. And I, before that I had tried to, to, to get a pit pass or whatever. And I was told that there was one there. It fell through. Oh, man. So just by talking to people and being nice and being humble, I was able to actually work my way all the way into the garage and get in there and work yeah. with the 25 guys. Right. And that's where I met, um, not, um, which Coltsbeck did you have in? Kenny. I had Keith. Okay. So I'm so Keith Coltsbeck yeah. was uh was on the twenty five car. And um so I got to work with those guys. They made me a gas runner on race day. Oh wow. <laughs> it was crazy. They gave me a that uniform, is, they gave me yeah, a headset, you know. Just put this shirt on and yeah. just do what we tell you to do. Now and this is when Mr. Hendrick was under house arrest mm. and also fighting leukemia at the time. Yeah. So we're standing on Pitt Road before the national anthem. The Budweiser crew's to my left. Papa Joe Hendrick pushes me to the left and, and stands right to my right. And Rick had, Mr. Hendrick, sorry, Rick. Mr. Hendrick had a, a radio system where he could be at his house in Charlotte and talk to all the teams, all his teams. Sure. So on our headsets, his voice comes on there and says, hey, Budweiser crew, just wanted to tell you to have a great day and uh, everybody be safe out there, okay, and bring home a win. And then Papa Joe gets on there and goes, Rick, we'll do our best out here, buddy. You just take care of yourself. And I'm thinking to myself, oh, my God, national anthem, Budweiser crew. I got Papa Joe Hendrick next to me. Rick's in my ears. Jets are flying over. This was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was still not on a team. Right. Not in racing. Yeah. 
I got back in my car, drove back. Now, listen, I, went, I was making pennies, man. I was not making much money at all. And I got all the way back to Kansas City with like a dollar left. This is part one of the DM I Am podcast, Racing Roots with Ham episode with Matt Ashbrenner. You can check out the other parts following this one. And also, you can see the full video at DM I Am on YouTube. Check out my website, dhamiam.com, and my Facebook page, Racing Roots with Ham.